0: Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together to recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney.
1: And I'm Rose. And this week we are discussing Set It Up, starring Zoe Deutsch. Ooh,
0: so where is she from? Because I've seen her before.
1: So she was in Beautiful Creatures. She was in Vampire Academy, the movie.
0: This movie, after watching it, I was like, okay, this is the reason I wanted to start this podcast, because I knew that you would make me read books I would normally not read and watch movies I normally wouldn't watch. Because anytime I have free time, I'm watching dark, twisted documentaries about serial killers and the things that they keep in their basement. But like, this movie was so cute. Like, it was so good. It was such a good movie. This movie has a very thoroughly set up romance. Yeah. But you get to see that build up. You know, you get to see it coming. It's like a Mentos inside of a Coke bottle. <laughs> Our movie opens up with a very stressful montage that literally gave me PTSD. It's just basically a stressful look at assistant culture in New York City.
1: In the montage, they have assistants going to get their dry cleaning, giddy, their dinner, Mm -hmm. picking up their kids like taking their dogs to the vet all these things that people should be doing for themselves that they're just not
0: well it's like basically they take this young person who has a lot of energy and is very ambitious and they abuse the shit out of them with like this yeah with this vague promise of like oh you're paying your dues and one day you'll move up the ranks and have a really high-paying job, and it's bullshit. It's not true, because you're going to burn out before you ever get there.
1: I wonder, like, this is kind of like intern culture, you know? Like, you get unpaid interns for the experience, and then people just abuse the shit out of them, where they're just like, oh, yeah, so you are now my bitch.
0: (laughs) These assistants are essentially their boss's bitch. Can you imagine 500 years from now, like, some some alien civilization trying to make sense of of our society and they're just like yeah we're just we're trying to figure out how this all worked because on one hand we have these bones of the richest most successful humans Uh but on the other hand we have these bones of the 22 year old assistant who was poor malnourished because she was surviving off of like dehydrated sodium packages right yeah and she was wearing her underwear inside out to like save you know laundry costs and yet she was The energy source that like kept everything running, like make it make sense. And then like some alien kid would be like, Daddy, why didn't they just eat the rich like we do? And they'll be like, the people who had
1: the power did not use the power. (laughs) The people without power were able to enslave
0: the people with the power. After we get this really stressful opening montage, looking at all the assistants in their lives, that's where we meet our characters, Charlie and Harper. Yeah. Both Charlie and Harper are both in their 20s, but Charlie is he's in his late 20s, but he's still got that baby faced look like he's fresh out of college, like he's very baby faced. He is. He's
1: very baby faced. He does look young and fresh, but extremely stressed. Like I don't
0: (laughs) I don't know how he doesn't have dark circles under his eyes. I know. They look too fresh for me. Like they don't look as haggard as they as they should be, given Mm -hmm. the cycle bosses that they have. The lifestyle they lead. They're working hard for these kind of like high-powered executive types. You know, just basically like babysitting grown ass people, scheduling everything, making sure they eat, making sure they're, you know, they have to make themselves available 24 hours a day Uh because their bosses need them to survive.
1: Okay, so Charlie's boss is Rick Otis, and he is a hot mess. He's in the middle of a divorce, and he has quintessential rich dick energy he expects charlie to read his mind yeah but he also expects charlie to listen charlie is essentially rick's lackey and rick knows it and rick enjoys this i feel like rick really likes the power he has over charlie
0: If he says jump, like I need you to jump up and down so my socks are warm when I'm ready to wear them. Charlie would stand there doing jumping jacks so the socks can get like toasty from the fumes of his feet. Charlie doesn't even need to ask how high because he knows. Yeah. Charlie's ready to go home. Yeah.
1: Charlie's missing out on a date. It's nighttime. It's probably like after 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, it is late, late. And he's like, do you want me to order dinner? And his boss looks at him like, no, you dumbass. I don't want you to order me dinner. (laughs) I'm on a diet. Yeah. Then they get back to the
0: office and he immediately says, where's my dinner? Yeah. Yeah. So Charlie is, he's struggling trying to figure out where to order dinner because it's super late at night at this point. Yeah. um, And nothing's open. Meanwhile, our heroine, Harper, she is dealing with her own issues with her boss. Yeah. And so her boss's name is Kirsten
1: and Kirsten is a sports writer for ESPN. Yeah. And I really appreciate Kirsten's general energy. Yeah. She has no shit taken, fuck the patriarchy energy. And I really like that. But Kirsten... Kirsten is definitely high strung. She is married to her job. She is also putting her assistant, our heroine, Harper, through the ringer. You know, Harper just wants to go home, but Kirsten's unwilling to leave the office and Harper can't leave until Kirsten
0: leaves. So she's also figuring out where to order dinner for her boss. She orders it right under the wire. Like the restaurant is just about to close and she gets them to deliver the food. Yeah. But when Harper goes to pick up the food for her very hungry, very agitated boss, she realizes that They only take cash and she doesn't have any cash. And as she's arguing with the delivery guy, like she's begging him. She's like, please, 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 please. Mm -hmm. Charlie comes up because he's on the phone trying to find a restaurant and he sees this girl pleading the delivery guy to give her the food. He's like, I have cash. I'll take the food. And she's like, no, 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 no. I need this food from my boss. Like, you don't understand my boss's cycle. And He's like, no, my boss's cycle. And they get into this argument about whose boss is worse.
1: (laughs) yeah. And
0: it's funny because she, after he does end up stealing
1: the food from the delivery guy, well, he pays him, but he steals it from Harper. Yeah. She ends up compromising with Charlie and she's like, hey, listen, she's like, there's a burger in there that was supposed to be for me. And then the truffle mac and cheese is for my boss. So you take the burger. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't give my boss a plain hamburger. And so she like puts truffle mac and cheese on the hamburger. She's like, there,
0: take this. Yeah. So poor Harper had to give up her meal to feed this other guy's boss. And she had End up, she has to pay him back because he paid in cash for the food. Yeah, but he wants like eight percent interest, he wants interest, like, he's such a dick. So Harper goes to pay Charlie back for the meal that he Mm kind of stole, but kind of paid for. And she's like, here's your freaking interest. And they start bitching to each other again about whose boss is worse and how their bosses never leave. They're always forced to stay at work super late. And Harper gets an idea. She's like, we should hook them up together. Charlie dismisses the idea. And I feel like he dismisses it because... He, it's so funny because Charlie and Harper are the same. Like they're both, yes. they're both like basically bitches for their bosses. But somehow Charlie acts like he's above her. He like thinks he's mm-hmm. better than her. And so when she has this idea, he's just kind of like, Yeah, I don't have time for this. You know what I mean? Like I'm too good for this. Uh-huh. Until he tries to go visit his girlfriend and it's way too late. And his girlfriend's like, Won't even open the door. And I think that's when it clicks for him that his boss is, is really severely hindering his. Ability to get some. And he's like, okay, we got to do something about this.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's like, okay, listen. I was supposed to get some nookie last night and
0: I can't do that. So tell me about your plan. Well, what's the opposite? What's like the male version of cock blocking? Twat swatting? Twat swatting. Well, that, yeah. Well, no, that's like when you block a chick from
1: getting laid. Okay. But like cock blocking, like anybody can be a cock block. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Twat swatter. I want to come up with a different phrase. Coochie Strangler. I'm not really sure coochie strangler is the vibe we're
1: going for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Let's let's Google it. Let's let's workshop this. Let's let's workshop it. Cause I don't like the word twat. It really it's Why? I don't know why. I don't like the word twat and I don't like the word cunt either. Let's see. Oh, alternatives to twat sorter
1: oh 15 words lesbians can use as an equivalent to cockblock. block
0: let's see okay let's do it um clam jam okay but that makes it sound like a uh alternative album bushwhacked okay it sounds like a gardening landscaping business um ference. i don't like sports references <laughs> in relation to my nether regions Let's see. Um, Muffin Muzzle? No. Um, Taco Blocko? Okay. Okay. Hold on. Taco Blocko. Dope. Taco Blocko. Well, I guess this episode is brought to you by Taco Blocker, by the word Taco Blocker. (laughs) I wish we would have made it up, but um, some other genius did. Thank you, BuzzFeed,
1: for giving me this wonderful list (laughs) of cockblock alternatives for women. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so Charlie, he's tired of the taco blocko, you know, he's like, well, yeah. I need to do something about my boss. My girlfriend won't see me because I get off work too late. He literally gets off work at the crack of dawn. I don't care how good looking my boyfriend is. If he's ringing my doorbell at the crack of dawn, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I need to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So he goes
1: back to Harper and he's like. All right, listen, <laughs> maybe your idea has a little bit of merit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let me show you my spreadsheet again. She has a spreadsheet. They organize this <laughs> like meet cute in, in the elevator. They go to Creepy Tim, yeah. who is this janitor. <laughs> Oh, God. He just like works in the basement. He has like control of like the building, which we should really be kinder to people who can literally murder us
0: because he could stop and start that elevator on his computer. This guy basically spends his entire day in the basement in like this dungeon in Uh the basement. And they they bring him a succulent and he's so excited. And they're like, you know, Tim, we need your help orchestrating this Miku. And he's like, I love love and I love plants, even (laughs) though they die down here. Like, they won't survive. Yeah, Harper goes, can you grow plants down here? And he's like, no, they just slowly die. (laughs) It's a metaphor for, like, all of our souls at a nine to five. They just slowly
1: die. And so he helps them. And so they orchestrate both of the bosses
0: being in the elevator together. Harper and Charlie, they realize that they have a lot of power because they control their bosses' schedules. And they basically are like little puppet masters. So they're like, yeah, we can literally make them be in the elevator at exactly the same time because we control where they go, when they go, and how they go. But what they don't have control over is the random delivery guy that walks into the elevator right before Tim hits the switch and shuts it down. (laughs) And see, Tim does not know how to read a room. Tim's just like... Yes. Because the delivery driver walks into the elevator and he he like zaps the sexual energy from the room instantly. Yeah. This delivery driver, he is not doing well in this enclosed space. Oh my God. Because he freaks out. Yeah. He's like, it's really hot. Uh-huh. He starts taking off his clothes. And before they know it, he's naked. And he's like, my bladder is so full right now. Like if I don't get it. They're literally stuck in the elevator for like five minutes. And this guy has a full melt- mental breakdown where he ends up naked and peeing himself. Well, he pees in like a box full of glasses dude can you imagine i understand panic attacks but i would never go back there ever again if i was that delivery guy no i would not either this building no longer gets deliveries i'm sorry see kirsten is even
1: being like super understanding she's like it's called stress incontinence and it's a real thing rick is just like jesus christ Like, can you stop? And so, like, Rick is being, like, a
0: dick. And Kirsten's just kind of like, it's okay. It's fine. You're okay. yeah, Everything's fine. She's kind of proving that she has some empathy, whereas Rick is still, like, a complete asshole. But they do meet, you know? They technically meet, just not the way that Harper and Charlie intended. They anticipated, stuck on an
1: elevator. Oh, I love you. Let's (laughs) go for drinks. And that's not what happened. Um, They got pretty salty first impressions of each other. Yeah. So Charlie and Harper orchestrate for the two of them to be at the Yankees game together.
0: Charlie and, and Harper are, you know, they're kind of incognito at this Yankees game. But Harper pays someone. She pays like the guys in the control, the kiss cam. Yeah, like the cameraman. Yeah, she bribes the cameraman. And she's like, "Okay, do you see this couple, these two people? I need them to kiss. Like, do whatever you have to do. Get them to kiss. And the guy's like, are you kidding me? This is what I live for for like I am absolutely doing this and so Charlie and Harper
1: are sitting at their seats you know and they're like watching their bosses both arrive right you know Charlie makes a comment about guys like girls who like sports I love that Harper like corrected him she's like uh no guys like girls who like guys that like sports guys don't actually like girls that like sports It's just like when guys say, I like girls who don't wear makeup. (laughs) No, you like girls who wear natural looking makeup. Honey, (laughs) trust me. Yeah. But then the kiss cam starts, you know, and they go to the first couple that they go on is their bosses. Um, And their bosses are like, no, 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 no.
0: Yeah. Like we're not together. Yeah. But then they pan to some other couples and they go back to them. By the second time, there's peer pressure. Yeah. People are booing them. People on the stands are like, come on.
1: They pan to a couple other couples and they go back and they're like, come on, let's go. Yeah. And so finally they both cave and kiss. And see, I'm really torn because one, I love the kiss cam at sporting events, but also like if people don't want to kiss, they don't want to
0: kiss. And see, this just unlocked a new anxiety for me about going to sporting events. I generally don't like sporting events because ill, one, but two, you know, the crowds. But now thinking about the kiss cam, like I don't want to be forced to kiss anyone. Even if that person is my husband, I'm like, I will kiss him when I fucking want to. Like, you're not going to make me do it. The baseball game goes according to plan because the bosses kiss on the kiss cam harper and charlie are so they're so proud of themselves they're like we did it (laughs) they get into work the next day and the vibes are different like they're both
1: like (laughs) yeah their lives are different i this is the equivalent to like when your baby sleeps through the night for the first time and you just wake up confused in the morning you're like
0: so true
1: (laughs) what the fuck fuck happened what the fuck happened
0: that that that's what happened here their babies slept through the night they don't know what their to do overgrown toddlers came into the office in such a good mood you know you know they got mm-hmm. it in like they are so relaxed um first says like go lunch break or something like that like she sends her off like take the rest of the day off or something
1: yeah she's like go ahead and head home
0: it it's, still the daylight. it's <laughs> yeah she's like it's four o'clock on a wednesday yeah. I get to go home. Oh, my God. She's just sitting in her office. And then her boss is like, Harper, there's something wrong with the phones. They're not ringing. And Harper's like, the phones are fine. And her boss, Kristen, is like, no, the phones are not working. And then Harper realizes, oh, shit, he hasn't called her back.
1: Harper has to message Charlie, like, Rick needs to call Kirsten ASAP. And so then Charlie has to plant the bug in Rick's ear. that, Like, hey, like you don't have to wait three days to call yeah. anymore. Then this is where it starts to get tricky with the bosses because these two people are not compatible. Yeah, they're not. Kirsten and Rick are not compatible in the least. You know, Rick is an arrogant asshole. Yeah. Kirsten is a headstrong businesswoman. They don't have similar interests. They don't have similar food taste. They don't have, they have absolutely nothing yeah. in common other than they're both single business professionals. That's that's where the Venn diagram of them
0: ends. Right, right. right. Work in the same building. with a New tiny York. sliver that overlaps. But their assistants know them so well. And so they can pull the strings to to kind of force a connection where there isn't one. Yeah. Um, and that's what,
1: exactly what they do. Charlie gets with Harper and is like, she needs to get a bikini wax because Rick <laughs> states how he hates pubic yeah. hair and harper she's like oh like the merkin the merkin is essentially a pubic hair wig oh yeah i
0: heard about that like you can buy a pubic hair wig
1: why 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 you
0: can buy a bearded
1: barley on amazon it's called a Merkin, apparently. I'm sorry. I will never be buying a fake bush. <laughs> all right. Courtney, did never. you ever think
0: you would wear skinny jeans before they were cool? Like when you were wearing bell bottoms in the 90s, did you think you would wear skinny jeans?
1: Listen, there is a big difference between my flare leg jeans and my skinny jeans and
0: fake bush hair. Well,
1: all I'm right? not going to
0: commit to anything on the record because I don't know where fashion going in the next 10 years <laughs> listen
1: fashion does not extend to my punani as all right? far as
0: you know as far as the year of our lord 2021 but you don't know what's gonna happen i'm going on
1: record <laughs> that i will never wear a vagina wig all right all well, right you do
0: that i'm not i'm not gonna commit to anything okay i'm a woman of my word and i refuse to make those sorts of statements <laughs>
1: Kirsten and Rick go on another date, and it is a fucking
0: disaster. Well, yeah, because apparently uh, Rick's assistant was supposed to schedule the date, and he didn't. And so they were left to their own devices, and Kirsten Rick on a date to a, what is it, Korean barbecue? A Korean barbecue barbecue restaurant. And he didn't realize that in a Korean barbecue restaurant, if you've never been to one, the food is cooked in front of you. So you pick out the raw ingredients Mm -hmm. and they're cooked for you. Rick, being such an arrogant asshole, he was she was to ask how this works. And he just started eating the raw food and ended up getting sick. (laughs) and then puking all over the grill like he just fucking
1: ate raw meat and then threw up everywhere
0: oh i would move how do you come back from that well first of all i would set that restaurant on fire Mm -hmm. and then kill all the witnesses (laughs) yeah and then move find a cullen
1: take them all out Oh, my gosh.
0: Harper and Charlie are starting to realize that this isn't as simple as getting these two people together, because like you said, they have nothing in common. So they really have to be very hands on to make sure that things continue to go smoothly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're going to fall apart very quickly.
1: Charlie tells Rick, listen. You need to apologize to Kristen. You need to tell her that you see her, that you understand her, that you respect her. And he's like,
0: gross. No. (laughs) Feelings? Yuck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because I think Kristen sees Rick's real colors that night. She sees that Mm -hmm. he's a spoiled, arrogant ass and she's ready to call it quits. Because like you said, she's an independent, successful businesswoman. She doesn't have time for this man's bullshit. I'm telling you, once a woman hits 30, it's a ticking time. Bomb for the men in her life because she is not putting up with bullshit. After that, you need to get your shit together quick or pack your bags, bro. And Kristen was she was dead set on dropping Rick like a hot potato, but there was a divine interference of the assistants, and yeah, Charlie convinced his boss like, hey, you should go apologize. Charlie convinces Rick to humble himself, Mm -hmm. um, and he does.
1: Then Kirsten and Rick go away for the weekend. They go to Nantucket. They go away for the weekend, um, and while they're away. Harper and Charlie, actually, they they hang out. Yeah. So Charlie is dating a model named Suze. Mm-hmm. I feel like she has the mentality that we would all expect of a 23-year-old model in New York. Yeah. You know, she's kind of self-centered. Kind of vain. But also, she's putting up with a lot of shit from Charlie, you know, with his work schedule and stuff. She is, yeah. So
0: I I blame her, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, listen, her standards are high and good for her for demanding what she wants. So you go head on, girl. And Harper wasn't dating anyone in the beginning. But when things kind of started going well between her boss and... Charlie's boss, Harper decided to re-enter online dating and she met this guy and she calls him golf guy because they go golfing together. Yeah. But golf guy ghosts her and he basically disappears on her and Harper's pretty sad. So Charlie takes her to his girlfriend's party. Harper has her best friend's engagement
1: party Mm -hmm. to go to. Charlie convinces her to go with him and his roommate Mm -hmm. to this pool party and she goes but she keeps checking her phone. Yeah. And Charlie just kind of swoops in and he's like, let Yes. <laughs> Stop checking your phone. Stop. He is not going to make him text you. You're not going to text him. So just stop. Then she's like, but I already responded with a plus one, you know, to the engagement party. Like I told my friends he was going to be there. And Charlie kind of like saves the day a little bit. Like, I'll be your plus one.
0: Yeah, even though he has a girlfriend. But I think at this point, they're so platonic toward each other that it doesn't seem weird. He's just like, hey, bro to bro, you know, let me do your solid. (laughs) Yeah. But also his girlfriend's kind of treating him like shit right now, you know? Yeah, she's ignoring him. She's hanging out with more like, what's the word, like worldly people. People that probably have like more clout. And so she's she- like the type, sorry, she's like the type of chick that would look up how many followers you have before she talks to you mm-hmm. to know if it's worth your time. Do you know I felt like that once I went to this book convention, I felt like people would look at my badge to read my name to know if they recognized it before they talked to me. Yeah, no,
1: I've met... Like at book signings and stuff like that, I've definitely met authors that were like that. Not a whole lot. I mean, like probably a handful. No, it's not everyone.
0: It's not even the majority, right? It's a it's a minority, but they stand out mm-hmm. because it's it's it makes you feel slimy. It makes you feel gross. Mm-hmm. But you know what's crazy though. Is that the people who are the most successful Mm -hmm. are usually the nicest, the nicest ones? Mm -hmm. Like, dude. So I was at this big book convention. It was a big signing. Authors of a lot of different genres were there. A lot of different kind of readership Mm -hmm. size. And El James, who is, you know, she wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, which is became this huge massive success you would think that she would walk around like her shit doesn't stink and it's the exact opposite she she has the most humble energy yeah she doesn't come across entitled I mean I was enamored with that with her energy so kudos to her for staying grounded yeah we're really spilling the tea here I know (laughs) it's the real tea So the engagement party is set at a rooftop bar mm-hmm. and Charlie goes as Harper's date. They really bond at this engagement party. They're dancing. He's teaching her kind oh of yeah. like
1: dance. And
0: he's like, you look like a wacky inflatable arm man like outside of a car dealership. Well, because like he isn't a goofy guy, but he's not afraid to be goofy. And I think that's so hot. I love that. And so they're dancing like idiots. And then when the music slows, they kind of, she kind of hesitates. And he's like, don't be weird. Come on. They're slow dancing. And it's like a tender like touch. Can I just say, I'm a total hoe for the rooftop bar. Yes. You know, I love like the twinkle lights and the view of the city. It's just... I really like it. You could tell that, like, there's sparks in chemistry there. There is, yeah. Then she's like, we need to go get pizza. This party doesn't have pizza. I need pizza.
1: Yeah, so they go and get pizza. But Charlie's roommate has a dude over. And yeah. he's like, we can't interrupt them. So they climb up the fire escape yeah. into Charlie's bedroom. And they, like, eat pizza together.
0: Yeah, they eat pizza on the floor of Charlie's room. And she says, this is the best meal I've ever had. And it made me miss New York pizza so much. I used to be able to get a giant slice of pizza that was like the size of my head for like a dollar, dude. And it was so good. Yeah. But they
1: have like another, they have like an almost moment, you know, like that tension is building and building and building. And they
0: yeah almost. They almost something. They almost, almost something. Kiss. And then she's like, I gotta go. I gotta go gotta go gotta go gotta go gotta go it's like the uh you know those commercials remember those gotta go gotta go gotta go right
1: now gotta go gotta go gotta go
0: (laughs) i think we have to sing at least once per episode or fans of our music are gonna be disappointed uh you know i'm okay
1: with that i will sing for them (laughs) it still makes me really sad that i will never be a recording artist oh gosh same girl we are in our dreams i have zero musical talent but that's besides the point
0: Exactly. You know what? It's not about musical talent. It's about having a mic and trapping people into listening to you. We lured people in under the pretense of a podcast and now we can sing whenever we want and they mm-hmm. have to hear us. Yeah, that's you can... get what we give you. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit.
1: <laughs> um, they both have a really good weekend. Yeah. They both show up at the office on Monday. There is a post-it note on Charlie's phone that essentially tells him to go down to Kirsten Stevens' office. Yeah. Charlie gets down there, and Kirsten comes out of her office and says, "You know, Harper and Charlie in my office now, and Rick is there." And at first, I'm like, "Oh my God, they know the ruse. They are in on it. They are both in trouble." Oh
0: yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> but no, that's not what's happening. Um, they're engaged. Yeah, the bosses call Harper and Charlie into the office to announce like, hey, we're getting married and you guys are planning the wedding because you guys plan our entire lives. (laughs) You guys need to get to know each other. Oh, yeah, because they don't know that they know each other and they basically orchestrated the whole relationship.
1: Yeah, when they announce that they're engaged, Charlie gets a promotion. Yeah. Rick tells him, hey, find me a new assistant, train him, and then I'm promoting you. And Kirsten tells Harper... Hey, you know that article you've been telling me you want to write? Go ahead and write it.
0: It's yours. This has gone beyond their wildest dreams. They are winning at this shit right now. Yeah, because they thought like their bosses might like hook up once and be in a better mood, but they started dating. That was even better. And now their bosses are getting married and they're going to have a happily ever after. Like this is beyond their wildest dreams. Yeah, they're going to get they're going to get the good version of their bosses for the rest of time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're going to get these promotions. They were promised. They're going to get everything. They're like, well, when do you want to get married? And they're like next weekend
0: in St. John's. You can plan a wedding in a week, right? You have no life and you exist purely for me. (laughs) Charlie is going to pick out Kirsten's ring
1: and he asked Harper to grab rick's personal mx card she goes there and she hears rick talking about where those heels do this and she's like she knows her boss is in a meeting so she knows he's not talking to kirsten so she picks up the line and like mutes it and she hears him talking to his ex-wife
0: yep so rick has been this whole time messing around with his ex-wife and cheating on kirsten yes and harper's so upset because she does like really like her i mean even though her boss puts her through how she likes her boss she likes kirsten you know she that she likes i mean kirsten is a good
1: person whereas rick definitely needs some work harper goes to the ring store and she tells charlie hey rick is cheating on kirsten with kiki his ex-wife Charlie's kind of evasive, and she's like, "You knew
0: he knew already. She did. And he did. He knew." Was such a this was such a red flag for Harper. She's like, "This is bad character. The fact that you that you're okay with letting this wedding go on." Harper tells
1: Charlie, "I'm going to tell Kirsten." Yeah, and that's what she does. She shows up at a baby shower the
0: next day, and. She tells Kirsten that Rick is cheating on her. It backfires the same way that telling, try to tell your friend something about like their boyfriend always backfires. Like you can't convince someone about their significant other. Like you can't. You got to let them see the writing on the wall. Yeah. So
1: when Harper tells Kirsten that Rick is cheating on her, Kirsten fires Harper
0: yeah. Well, because she also confesses that that she worked with Rick's assistant to set the whole thing up. And Kristen is pissed and also doesn't want to hear it and fires her. She's angry and in denial. Mm-hmm. Harper has a really good roommate because when she goes home after getting fired, her roommate is like, congratulations, you know, like you yeah. needed to be set free from this toxic job. Now you can focus on writing like you got this. Harper is ghosting Charlie right now. She's not responding to any of his calls or texts. So, you know, that was kind of a fallout between Charlie and Harper mm-hmm. when Harper realizes that Charlie knew all along that his boss was cheating on her boss and she doesn't like the fact that he was fine with it and he was going to go through with it so harper and charlie have a falling out where they stop talking and charlie goes on a date with his model girlfriend they're at this super fancy restaurant and the girlfriend's like oh my god this is where kanye brought kim that one time Mm -hmm. and she's so like she loves how fancy it is and it's super expensive and then she says oh my god this is the best meal i ever had and he has a flashback to harper saying that about you know eating pizza on the floor of his room and then he realizes that he doesn't want to be with this girl anymore. He breaks up with her. Yeah. He says the
1: best meal I've ever had was a $5 pizza carried up the fire
0: escape. He said thrown up a fire escape. Yeah. <laughs> but she, when he breaks up with her, with the girlfriend, she says, you can't break up with me. You're my backup. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know I was supposed to have a backup, girl. Did you have a backup? No. I do not have a backup either. We're, what if our husbands are backups and they don't know it?
1: Let's see. I always refer to Leonardo DiCaprio as my future
0: second husband. Leonardo DiCaprio is no one's second husband. He's no one's first husband. Like, he is never getting married. I know.
1: Well, and it's funny because at the age of 32, I am officially too old for Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But Henry Cavill, on the other hand,
0: like... Henry... No, he also only likes young girls, dude. <laughs> Stop. And, Really No, no, Henry Henry Cavill, he for the longest time was dating a high school girl. You should Google it. He was dating a high school chick. Like he likes him really young. And you know what? We haven't said red flag in this episode. And I'm gonna say red flag to Henry Cavill and Leonardo DiCaprio because a man who only wants to date super young women is because they have a whole lot of baggage and they know that grown ass established women are not gonna put up with their shit.
1: I hate it here and I don't want to be here right now.
0: All right. Just let me like my trash. All right. Just let me like trash. You can like the trash, but, you know, just don't get inside the dumpster, girl. I'm not gonna let you do that. It's fine.
1: Charlie starts to have some second thoughts about his role in this whole situation. Mm -hmm. He decides that he can't allow this to happen. And Charlie shows up at the airport with the goal to stop them from getting married. He's like, Kirsten, don't marry him. Don't do it. He's cheating on you. He makes this big speech about how Rick doesn't love her and Rick doesn't even know her
0: because she's so in denial. Even after Harper told her like, hey, he's cheating on you. She's in denial. She's finally, quote, happy mm-hmm. and she doesn't want anyone to ruin it. But yeah, Charlie makes her realize like, hey, we orchestrated this because they wouldn't have worked without us because you guys are not compatible. She asks Rick, you know, like, what's my favorite food? What's
1: my favorite place? Yeah. She realizes like, wait, he doesn't know me at all. And then Rick, the dumb son of a bitch, calls her Kiki, which is his
0: ex-wife's name. He's like, no, no, babe, Kiki's short for Kirsten. She realizes he has no interest in her, really, because he knows nothing about her. Charlie stops the wedding at Mm -hmm. the airport, which is awesome. And he quits while he's there. Oh, he quits and then he gets fired and he's like, you Uh can't fire me, Rick. I quit. And Rick shows up. He shows up at Charlie's apartment. He's like, you live here? Later that night. Yeah. He's like, you live in this trash hole? And Charlie's like, yeah, how much do you think you pay me? You pay me nothing to do everything. Yeah and he's like
1: I need to know like what my ex-wife's favorite food is. He's like I know nothing about her. Charlie says I have a Kiki file, I'll send I'll send it to you. It has yeah. all the information. (laughs) And Charlie has no
0: interest. Charlie is free and has no interest to go back to work. It's kind of like the toxic relationship where when you're in it, it's the sunk cost fallacy where you feel like I've invested too much. Yes. I've suffered too much to let this go. But then the moment you let it go, you realize like, oh, my God, it was only getting heavier every second. Mm -hmm. Like it was not getting easier. And the best thing I could do was walk away. And both Charlie and Harper were both forced to walk away from their toxic situations, Mm -hmm. although Harper goes back to pick up her stuff. Harper goes back to pick up her stuff and Kirsten is so thankful to see Harper.
1: She says, everything's falling apart without you. You know, where is this? Where is this? What is this? Please come back. Please come back. And Harper very politely declines. She's like, I
0: cannot come back to work for you. Yeah. But I'll help you find a new assistant, you know? Well, good for her for establishing boundaries. Well, because she tells her boss, she's like, look, my dream is to be a writer. Mm-hmm. My dream is to be a sports journalist. And I can't do that when I'm being your literal babysitter. Mm-hmm. I I can't do that. And then Kristen starts, I think when you stand up for yourself, people respect you because mm-hmm. Kristen is like, let me read what you wrote. And she starts treating Harper like a peer instead of like her little bitch. Yeah.
1: So... This brings us to our ending. Mm -hmm. Harper is walking out of the office building carrying a box of stuff. And guess who's waiting
0: for her outside? Well, she bumps into Charlie and they're both confused to see each other there. Yeah. And then they realize that Kirsten set them up to
1: bump into each other. (laughs) Just like they did to her and Rick. Yeah. Kirsten has set Harper and Charlie up to have a meet-cute Out front of the office building and it is extremely adorable.
0: Although I have to say that my, you know how I have my favorite montages? My favorite Miku is when the girl trips and almost eats shit. Yeah. And it's like the most, it's the most cliche and overused one. He catches her. Yeah. But that's my favorite. And so I'm just a little disappointed that Harper didn't trip because she was holding a box of shit. And that's like the best kind of cute. When you trip almost each shit, your box of shit goes everywhere. But the guy catches the most important thing, which is you. and He catches you and you look up flustered like, thank you. Or when like they save you from almost getting hit by a car because you weren't paying
1: attention and they pull you out of the road. Yes. You almost get hit by a biker.
0: Or a hot dog cart. Yeah, the adrenaline's pumping. Do you know what I what I just realized? Mm-hmm. Kirsten basically engineered a reverse taco blocker. Yeah, which is a <laughs> she. What is that? She engineered a reverse
1: taco blocker. I, I know she rever- she engineered a reverse taco blocko. But what is the opposite of a taco blocko?
0: It's a it's a taco delivery. Yeah, <laughs> taco delivery. A tackle facilitating. Listen, we don't have time to Google the the opposite of a cock blocker. Yeah, it's fine. Anyways, <laughs> Charlie and Harper, they share their first kiss. And she's like, listen, you displayed a really concerning lack of moral compass when you wanted to go forward with this wedding. But it's okay. It's good, okay. and I'm like, girl, it's fine. You know what? I appreciate her for acknowledging the red flag and being like, "Hey, I'm I'm going into this cautiously. Yes, um, because you might be a dick, but let's do this. I mean, she's 23. Like, you have plenty of room to make mistakes at 23. Yeah, he, well, he's
1: 28. He has less room, but. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they share their first kiss and from what i would like to believe they live happily ever after
0: oh my gosh they're the perfect i mean they're the perfect couple i love them together they're
1: so cute this movie is so fucking adorable it's like it makes me angry how fucking cute it is i know
0: it's like you just want to punch it right in the face It is the opposite of an ugly Pete Davidson movie.
1: Okay, listen, okay. I need to clarify something about the ugly Pete Davidson, okay? (laughs) Pete Davidson is ugly hot, though, all right? Like, there's nothing about him that's particularly attractive, yet I'm still strangely attracted to him. Yeah. Okay? It doesn't
0: have to be that strange. You don't have to explain everything. You don't have to rationalize everything, girl. Listen, okay,
1: (laughs) if Pete Davidson listens to this, or someone's like, hey, Pete Davidson, somebody called you an ugly baby, I don't want anybody to come for me, (laughs) right like i'm still strangely attracted to pete davidson
0: like i totally hit it it's just do you think it would like totally ruin his day can you imagine i think about this all the time like if you're like a super famous person you can't just casually enjoy media because you never know when there's going to be a reference to you and you're like completely ruined your day. i would cry like can you imagine like you're just fucking like it has nothing well i would i almost said this has nothing to do with pete davidson but he was in this movie although we never bring him up but he was the roommate.
1: that's not pete davidson no it's not Pete davidson
0: no courtney that is pete davidson no it's not who the hell is that person that is identical to pete davidson in this movie that was duncan
1: the roommate roommate yeah not pete davidson oh no it is pete davidson fuck
0: girl i was shooketh i was like okay another mandela effects because i swear this is what pete davidson looks like okay no that is pete davidson and i'm still weirdly
1: attracted to him was he uglier than you remember i'm like oh that's pete davidson i love pete davidson but then i'm like no that's not him Yes, it is. And then I feel like I looked it up and it was like Glenn something. And I'm like, well,
0: maybe it's not. Because I, I think you probably saw the character name and you got confused. There are actors that are all like doppelgangers of each other. And sometimes like you'll think it's one, but it's the other. Uh-huh. But I don't think there's anyone that looks like Pete Davidson in Hollywood. But anyway. Listen, if I was
1: listening, to, if I was famous and I was listening to a podcast and someone said, this is the Courtney <laughs> Houston It's an ugly baby. I would just sit home and eat Chinese food and fucking a gallon of ice cream and drink an entire 12-pack of White Claws and cry. I know.
0: Like, that's what would happen. You'll just, you'll wipe your tears with all your money that you'll have made to to reach that level of success.
1: (laughs) You know, I don't think that money could make me feel better if somebody called me an ugly baby of a movie. I hope Pete Davidson has thicker skin than I do, okay? I'm really sorry, Pete Davidson. He's fine he's fine he's fine do you want me to make um, you cookies i make really good cookies <laughs> do you like german chocolate cake carrot cake i make bomb ass ones ask my mom and dad she bakes them in her banana <laughs> i don't but i can't if that's what she wants <laughs> 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 anyways anyways okay and this one this episode was dedicated to my apology to Pete davidson
0: oh <laughs> you're a sweetie pie All right, guys, uh, the teapot is empty for the day because we we spilled all the tea this time. All of
1: it. All the tea, all the regret, all the apologies. (laughs) Don't worry, more is brewing. And on the way, we'll be back next week with Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie. Ooh, I am pumped to talk about Fifty Shades. I listen. I've read Fifty Shades of Grey more times than I care to admit to, and the after the first time I read it, I had some pretty questionable search history. Um, I had to look (laughs) up some things that I was really unsure about.
0: Your F- your FBI agent had to have a cigarette after looking at your search history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, my FBI agent was like,
0: Uff. It's like, wait, where does she live again? I got to orchestrate a meet cute to run into her. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll save it for next week. Yeah, well, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to check out our show notes. We have more information on there about the authors and the movies that we discuss. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and share
1: with a friend.